Hi, welcome to Video Drone. This is going to be uh, a bit of a special edition. Mm -hmm. With uh, obviously it's Fraser and Craig here. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to be joined by some extra people, but it's not going to happen on this occasion. Time. Yeah. Time's uh, got the better of us, but uh, we've been on a field trip to the pitches. We have, yes. As a little gang of us went to see Green Room. Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to talk about the movie. Uh, it's been a bit hyped up. Yeah, it has. Um, so we're going to talk about whether or not it paid off. And we're also going to talk about the cinema going experience yeah. as it is now in 2016. Yeah, true. Um, and I, th I think maybe this is something we could possibly do now and again. You know, if we get to the flicks to see a film when it's when it's kind of out. Yeah. Maybe we can talk about that and talk about the cinema going yeah. experience. And, you know, maybe spend, like we're doing here, one episode on one movie. Yeah, just a bit of an extended uh, review of the movie, really, but with mm -hmm. a lot more anecdotes and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, something that we've been talking about doing for a while. Mm -hmm. um, we wanted to do that with Fury Road last year. We did, we? but it's just like you say, it's yeah. doing these things, it, it's time constraints, so, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. Never but, quite works out the way we plan, unfortunately. <laughs> no, never does, never does. So, uh, right, and Craig, I think you better set us up. Tell us all about Green Room. Okay, well, um, plot synopsis, here we go. Uh, punk band The End writes go to play a gig in a shady club. When one of their members accidentally witnesses a murder, they become locked in a deadly battle for survival. That's a pretty good summation of the of the, <laughs> of the plot. So, um, this is directed by, now I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name right, but I think it's Jeremy Saunier. Yeah, I believe um, so. Who's best known for directing a, a thriller off a couple of years back called Blue Ruin. Mm. Um, I've not seen that, you have I have seen it and I was very impressed with it. I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. It's the sort of thing I would tell people to watch. And yeah. I, I think you should try and grab a copy and watch it too. Yeah. Well, it's the sort of thing um, that probably going to pop up if it hasn't already been on there. 4HD or something sure. like that, film 4. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out. Uh, I've heard a lot about that as well. So this film, in some ways, um, it's a step up because it's got a named cast and actually mm -hmm. one of the guys in, in Green Room was, was the lead in Blue Ruin. Right, okay. Um, he was sort of like, well, not quite the chief skinhead, but one of the main skinheads uh, mm -hmm. in, in the film. Um, Seems like skinheads as a theme. Yeah, it does, <laughs> yeah. So... Um, Named people that we know that are in the film. Mm -hmm. Anton Yelchin. Yeah. Um, best known at the moment, I suppose, for the Star Trek movies, the yes. reboots. Aye. Yeah, Chekhov, mm -hmm. is he? I think it's Chekhov, yes. Chekhov. Imogen Poots is an actress who's been sort of mm -hmm. on on the sort of scene for a while now and she seems to pop up in interesting films mm -hmm. now and then. But the main draw for this film, I think, is uh, Jean-Luc Picard. Yes. Uh, Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Stewart, yeah. Um, so, what we'll do is, I think first of all, we'll talk about. We we'll know what the film's about. We we'll know who's sure. in it. Mm -hmm. How did you first hear about the film? I am actually from Jamie. We went to see it with Jamie, and he yeah. was he was the first uh, person to bring it to my attention. Um, and then I read some reviews about it. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of set up to be like a really nasty kind of squirm fest. Yeah. It would make you really uncomfortable watching because of some of the violence. So, would you say it was set up as a horror movie or a thriller? Before you went to see it, mm. I was expecting a more of a horror movie. I would say yes, probably probably more of a more of a horror movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I saw the ratings, and eighteen at the pictures, so uh, mm -hmm. I even had trouble buying the tickets. Believe it or not. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, because <laughs> um, I went, I got the tickets um, the week before. It was a multiplex shown, but one of these smaller screens that they have in, in yes, the multiplexes. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, and I went in, so I want four tickets to the Blue Room. Next Tuesday, whatever it was, Green Room, <laughs> Blue Room, that's the Blue Room, Green Room, even. There are two um, Blu rays in Yeah, no, exactly. That's, um, <laughs> so, um, 
I went in and it's like, is everybody going to be 18 to get to see this film? And I'm, I'm 40 something. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure we all are. <laughs> but I mean, actually, when we went in, for the screens that were, this is a new castle at the Empire, mm-hmm. and the screens that they, they were showing them out, these small, um, I don't know what they call them, studios. Studios, yes. Yeah. You're allowed to take a drink in and, you know, they yeah. have like a snack. There's all, they only hold about maybe 60. Yeah. Seats each, something and like that. And generally, you always find that when you go to the lower key films, there's not that many people there. Yeah, and the nobody time. checks your tickets. Yeah. But this, <laughs> but, so I got quizzed when I bought them the, the week before, and when we went in, the guy actually checked my tickets because usually uh-huh. we just hop skip in. I mean, I've seen <laughs> random people walk into screens before and then walk mm. back out, you know, and sort of not like halfway through the film. But maybe um, you think, ah, oh, this isn't for me. No, no. <laughs> we'll skip this free one. <laughs> so, Green Room. Right. Very economical film. Definitely. Um, basically, it's just set in well, really one location. It starts off sort of on the road. I love the start of the film. Yeah. The start of the film is the band sort of obviously travelling around, going from gig to gig, and they've mm-hmm. just sort of fallen. Everybody's fallen asleep in the in the car, and the cars just run off the road <laughs> into a field. Into much. a field, and it's, it's out of petrol. And everyone just wakes up thinking, "Oh right, okay, we've driven off the road." Yeah, and this is like, <laughs> "Oh, we need petrol. We'll go and steal some petrol, and we'll, we'll keep going." <laughs> so they go siphon some gas. Yeah. Then meet this guy who um, they've sort of arranged a gig with. Yeah, he must write for a zine or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he says he writes for a college um, a college zine, like yeah. a college punk zine or music zine. And uh-huh. he and he basically um, has kind of promised them a gig, but he's made a bit of a mess up, hasn't he? Well, basically they the get paid for the gig and they get paid buttons. Yeah. So they do this gig to people who don't really care about the music. In a tiny, like, a tiny little venue, yeah. yeah, a little cafe almost, isn't it? Um, and he says, oh, look, I'll make it up to you. Mm-hmm. This guy will put you on. He says, "Oh, you got to watch out. It's all a bit right yeah, wing." Forget what there's. A, he comes out with a great sort of way. It's like the the so great right. piece of terminology, doesn't it? Yeah, it's something like the, the so right wing. They've almost gone left or something. That's crazy. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was quite good. But he says, "Oh, like, just watch yourselves." Um, but you'll get a good pay deal. It'll get you some money to keep you on your little sort of tour sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So fair enough. They, they take this on board, um, and then they go, and then they're given all these. I mean, it all looks a bit scary. Yeah, it does. There's all these skins knocking There's about. There's some rough characters. Out. Yeah, but sort of like, and I don't know, they're, they're a support band with some other band, and they're, they're sort of guaranteed some money. To the, to the, to when the they get on stage it. and they actually play, like it's looking pretty ropey initially, like they're thinking they're not that impressed, but then some of them start to get into it. Well, they? they do start, they do a Dead <laughs> Kennedy song, which is a bit like sort of Nazis fuck you type sort of song. I can't it remember is, the, it the, is it called is. Nazi Punks Fuck Off. Oh, well, there you go. So straight away they're antagonising, but they seem to sort of, win them over and this is all in about the first 15 minutes isn't yeah. it so it's and then they're told not to go in the green room and then somebody's forgotten a phone charger or something like that just to remind you that you're very much in the 21st century yeah. sort of thing <laughs> um, and then they're back and that's when all all hell breaks loose exactly it's just one of our favourite scenes on these podcasts yeah. <laughs> it all goes to shit <laughs> um, but yeah and so it all kicks off so it gets um, basically it's like a standoff yeah. It's a mm-hmm. bit straw dogs. Cat and mouse yeah. sort of thing. It's part siege, part escape. Mm-hmm. Um, it's difficult to classify, I guess, but a lot of the action, although you see there there are quite um, a few different scenes in different parts of the uh, club and outside, and there's a lot of it takes place in the green room. Yeah. Because they get trapped in they there. Get, they're literally sort of, yeah, they're on the inside of the green room. They've got the door barricaded. Mm-hmm. There's a skinhead in with them. He's, for a while, he's got a gun on them. 
Um, and they said, oh, there's a, there's a sort of like the intermediary guy, which I think's played by that uh, Matt and Blair fella mm-hmm. who was in Blue Ruin. And he's like, no, no, it's all going to be okay. Just while, as long while, as you go along with yeah, what we're seeing. While this huge giant bloke's got this hand cannon pointed at them. It's yeah. like something from, um, what's he called, Hellboy? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's just this huge hand cannon of a, of a pistol. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, what it's that's called how it's Hellboy. called. Right, yeah. cool. Um, and he said, no, no, we'll, we'll, get, we'll have a word with the boss. The boss is uh, Patrick Stewart, and we'll yes. get it all sorted out. But then you find out like how sort of devious Patrick Stewart is, and what he's into. Yeah, um, absolutely. Not, he's not just running a club. Inverted commas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so it's very sort of claustrophobic, intense. Definitely. Like that. So they they're trapped in the room, and um, they manage to overpower the sort of intermediary guy. Yeah. And take his gun, and they basically and. Then Patrick Stewart's character sort of calmly explains that it's a stolen gun, uh-huh. and that they want it back. And then there's this: does they have to make this decision as to whether to like hand over the gun or like give the boats over? Yeah. And like, what's going to happen if they do that? And uh-huh. realistically, they think, well, you know, what's to stop them just killing us if we do that? Uh-huh. And then it all just starts to get quite tense. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things, obviously, uh, what happens at the start that the basically they find somebody's been murdered in the green green room. Mm-hmm. Straight away, the dad of the police. But yes. that's a really dark scene where... It, I mean, it's not really given much away, but basically... Because it happens pretty, the, yeah, pretty, pretty early, early on. Early on. Um, but the police come, and basically the, 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 the sort of skinhead chiefs... Actually, there's a hierarchy you find there out. Is. It depends what what colour laces you wear on your boots. That's right, um, yes. The, the, these two kids, like, look, if you want to like get a, have a step up in the gang, um, you You've stab him. And you will just say that's what was being reported. That's you know right. what I mean? So and it's the, just so de- So he twisted. stabs his mid. Yeah. And, you know, in order to, like, show the police there has been I mean, the stabbing that an incident, reported. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so they can get them to go away. Yeah. And, it's just... and uh, as, as Fraser mentioned, you know, the hierarchy thing comes into play because the lieutenants have, like, red laces, don't they? Yeah. So if you're further up in the gang, you it's get... identified by. Um, There's by a that. point in the film where Patrick Stewart sort of turns around to a guy and says, oh, you've earned these, you know. Yeah. And he literally pulls this pair of red laces out for, for his Doc Martens. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all oh, right, I don't know if that's a real thing in, you know what I mean? in gang culture or whatever, but uh, yeah, it's, but it yeah. certainly works uh, within the film. So, I mean, I went in expecting more of a horror film mm-hmm. feel to it, but it was more like a really hard edged thriller. Yeah, um, a tense thriller with. Uh... I mean, with, I suppose we won't have to talk about, we were watching it in the film. In, uh, uh, watching the film in the, in the cinema. Some cinema, yeah. Small audience, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of dozen people tops. Um, mm-hmm. But when the film starts to get bloodied up, there was a good few gasps in the audience. Yeah. Like it was the violence in it was. I wouldn't even say it was particularly graphic, but it was just the way it was shown. Yeah, um, I think that there's a couple of like key, like sort of gory moments in the film that are a bit like, they're a bit more than you would get in the mainstream film. Mm-hmm. But like they make a lot of those moments. Yeah. You know, there's a kind of few bits that uh, I wouldn't say they were like sort of wince or squirming jukes. And if you're used to like violent films, but maybe if you're not. Well, I, I was. There, there, were, there was there was one bit. There was one bit where somebody gets choked out, and then they say, "Is he really out?" Yeah. And then they find out, and that was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I was. I didn't say that. Didn't say it coming. I think that's one yeah. of the first. Mm-hmm. I don't know that in the, the guy's arm. That's that's the bit I was talking about. Right, yeah. And I was talking about a bit that was slight, slightly sort of like, ooh, that yeah. was bad. Was, yeah, when the guy's arm gets kind of like uh, snapped. It, it was very violent. Um, uh, part of it towards the end, 
lost me with with the way that the sort of the character arc, as it were, mm. um, especially sort of for the finale. But there's, I, I did enjoy it. I mean, when I came out, I was like, I don't. I was know. the same. I see. I think that you know it it has like loads of like tension and some lengthy sessions. Sorry, some lengthy like parts of the film where um, you know you you just in the film and you're kind of like not thinking about anything else Mm -hmm. but there's a couple of things after the film where you think because it's so well paced and it's like fast paced Uh you don't have much time to think about things that are slightly less like plot holes yeah and then later on i was thinking well why didn't he do this or that or like why did this person Mm -hmm. do this and and it started to kind of filter through after the film yeah but um and i sort of i don't want to get too far into it in case anybody will catch it eventually when it comes out on Mm -hmm. Uh, sort of home entertainment um, Blu-ray video on demand etc but um, I don't think it's one I'm going to rush out to see again yeah Um, there's quite a lot of these types of films um, and I think maybe that sort of damaged a little bit of its impact for me I think I've seen a couple of like similar type of movies before yeah don't get us wrong, I did enjoy it. I mean, we enjoyed the fact that you get to see something like this on a big screen yeah um, which Mm -hmm. is one of the reasons uh, me and Jamie go to the, the pictures all the time uh, to see stuff that's a bit out there, mm-hmm. Bone Tomahawk and whatnot, and things like that. We'll probably go and see Neon Demon, the new Nicholas Wine and Reffin film, when mm-hmm. that comes out in a few yep. weeks. So we always go and see the edgy stuff that, if it manages to get on the pictures, it's great to see. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, like most people, like the audience out there, will probably only see a lot of this stuff on video on demand or however yeah. you watch, watch your films. Watch stuff these days, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we always sort of, you know, grab these opportunities and it is great to see it but it's always it's always some nine, well I wouldn't say nine times out of ten but sometimes it, it is a bit disappointing but I think this one it suffered from too much hype yeah it did because um, I think I was expecting it to be like a really uncomfortable viewing experience from what a lot of people had said yeah. I was kind of expecting it to be like a nasty film like Frontiers or something like that right which right. strangely enough it has some um, similarities with because that's about neo-nazis mm-hmm. not necessarily like a, a sort of skinhead gang and it's not no. necessarily no it's not the ties to punk and everything but it's it's a film about humans being hunted by people um, and they're trapped and they're trying to escape yeah and I thought it was going to be more of a um you know, like more of a sort of cringe festival. You're like, oh, all the time. Yeah. Uh, because there were so many comments about the violence, particularly targeted towards how harsh some of the violence were, and there are some bits that are a little bit so like, whoa. Well, but um, but there's but it's that's not the whole movie. You know? no, it's more of a thriller I, with a few gory bits. But that, in it. that's a great way to sell a film, though. It's yeah. we've been sucked in by the hype machine there. Yeah. So definitely. we've already got ourselves to blame. <laughs> Whereas something like Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, it was a really lot, lot sold less particularly on that. No, yeah, There's a couple of comments in it was brutal. Yeah, but I thought that was obviously a lot more brutal. I haven't than, actually seen that, by right. the way. But, oh, well. But um, I must get around on that. Yeah, oh, yeah, you, that's definitely worth a watch. And uh, especially to see, oh, well, I managed to see the pictures as well, and it wasn't what I expected. Do you think that Patrick Stewart was putting on a voice in that, or do you think he really does sound that croaky these do days? Do you know what? Uh, something I was just going to bring up there. Um, I really had to struggle to, to listen to his dialogue. There's a couple of bits where. I, I thought about his dialogue and then realised afterwards what he'd said. Yeah. <laughs> I I really sort of like, I just it was kind really of had like, to sort um, of like concentrate on, on, on what he said. Yeah. Now, I don't know if it's that sound system in that cinema. Uh, I would very much doubt, no, I think, doubt so, in I this think day it was the way, the way he was uh, speaking. Yeah. It. Obviously, he's got an accent and stuff in it. And mm-hmm. um, he's a horrible little sod in this. But, um, <laughs> and, and that's, what, again, that's a lot of what the, the film's been based on. It's like sort of see... Jean-Luc Picard be a bad Picard. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And it's like, because that was a lot of the sort of, um, the images were just him surrounded by these like hulking yeah. group of big fellas who look like the main business. Um, but yeah, so uh, again, that, that sort of detracted from the experience, yeah. whether or not it'll sound clearer when I, if I do ever watch it again, mm. uh, if it pops up on telly or something, or some, I'll borrow a copy of somebody. One of Patrick Stewart's lines um, is actually the poster tagline. It's the bit where he tries to get him to surrender the gun and he's saying like, you know, gentlemen, if you do this and that... Um, then we'll get it. We'll get out of this situation. But if you don't, it won't end well. Aye. That was like the the tagline I noticed on some of the posters. Right. Okay. Uh, it's like an actual direct quote from the film, which is unusual. Which is pretty good. Yeah. Uh huh. The poster is quite good, actually. Like that's, I think it it does kind of sum up the like the film quite well. Yeah. It's an image of a guy. Uh, well, it's one of the main. Uh, it's like the front man of the band, isn't it? Yeah. Holding a sort of machete, like in a kind of narrow space in the green room, mm-hmm. with his like looking worse for wear. Like, yeah. It looks kind of like claustrophobic, doesn't it? Aye. Apparently, the, his stance is based on the Clash's London Column. Um, oh, all right, the, the, because the, cover. the way he's yeah, because of the way he's like sort of uh, uh, punched over. Paul Simonon, yeah, yeah, cool. All right, and I never <laughs> realised that. But um, so hmm, it's a Midland film, I would say. Yeah, I, I, I think, wouldn't give it an overall thumbs up. It's it's um, it was an entertaining film. Yeah. But um, perhaps uh, some of what we expected uh, damaged its like damaged the experience a little bit for yeah. me. But that being said, it has some really good performances by people, and it's quite uh, it's quite tension packed in a lot of places. And when they start to turn the tables on their on their uh, attackers, and things start, you know, they start to kind of it starts to like um, go a bit hills of eyes when they when they yeah you know take their re- revenge as it were. Uh-huh. Um, you do start to start to think like, yes, get in. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's got that kind of thing that a lot of these like uh, films sort of have. But. It's funny because I mean, some people get killed, and it's so sort of, I wouldn't say quickly, it, quickly, yeah, just very non showy, uns- yeah, un- well, not splashy. <laughs> Compared to other people, it's a, it's a funny sort of you mix and yeah, that way. Mi- yeah, mix. I know what you mean. Like some people well, get really kind of like violent on screen deaths, and some of it's all you see yeah. what happens. But some people get carved up, but other ones it's like compared quick being, and merciful yeah, deaths. It's sort of like ways. quite subtle, but yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't want to talk too much, but I mean, it's, I think the is it the girl that's just the bass player? Yes, can't remember. She she so. was a great character. I thought she was, yeah. It did. I mean, like Anton Yelchin to me was very sort of laid back. Yeah, he was. Um, he, very underplayed, I suppose. Mm, to say he would have been like one of the kind of main draws, mm. I guess, actor wise. Definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, she was a good character. I quite liked her character. I think that some of the other characters in the band aren't that memorable, and they're not that annoying or unlikable. No, you know, they're just not that well. Sort of developed, I guess. Well, some of them don't haven't done enough screen time to, to get there, but <laughs> I guess so. It's pretty there's, good. There's like a recurring um, thing in the film where they talk about uh, what um, album they would have on a desert island. Yeah. And you know they all pick like sort of like hardcore punk bands, like you yeah. know, like Dead Kennedys and like you know the, the Misfits and things like that. Uh-huh. But then there's like one kind of key scene where when they, they think they're pretty much going to die, and she says Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. And the other the other guy staying true to being a, a proper punk, he's like, I'd still say Misfits. <laughs> <laughs> Strange enough, I'm drinking me. Misfits <laughs> drink mug, yeah. Misfits, Misfits mug. mug yeah. So, should we talk about the cinema going experience? Yes, indeed, yeah, definitely. I think that's uh, quite an important part of uh, of the whole thing, really. I think what we should say, that the screening we went to, um, I wasn't sort of totally privy to this, you were a bit further along than those well, four of yeah. us. You were further along. I was sitting next to Jamie. Yeah. yeah, and there was somebody having a picnic. Pretty much, yeah. They were having like a sort of five-course junk meal, really. They had like, <laughs> they had, like a massive bag of like 
of kind of uh, potato chips, and then like they had a two liter bottle of pop, which they're going out uh-huh. of, and they were and dropping stuff, they're and... dropping stuff. But then he's then you know one was like, oh, can you move so I can get this and. And it just kept on going, and I could see Jamie, the, the vein in his head was starting. <laughs> Jamie, like Jamie and uh, Ryan, who was there as well, Michael, he was. Uh, the, 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 well, we went to a screening once of Evil Dead the remake, and there was somebody who quite literally had a hamper in front of us. I mean, it wasn't a very good film anyway. But when they started pulling out sort of big plate pies, you know, the size of a dinner plate, and that, I just remember Michael Ryan just going, "Oh, for fuck's like out loud for fuck's sake." <laughs> And you know, you honestly thought this couple in front of them weren't young, yeah. they were older. Um, and we, I mean, we were, cr- I was just creased at watching my uh, Ryan just getting more and more sort of <laughs> annoying, <laughs> losing, annoying losing his temper at these people as they were handing stuff about. But unfortunately, it was the same at Green Room. And then I know for a fact this couple, this film is a tight hour and a half, yeah, not like you're. X-Men films are two two hours mm, plus. Or general Marvel yeah, movies and stuff. Yeah, all the sort of blockbusters. It was a tight... And God, they must have been up to the toilet a few times. Yeah, there was a guy who actually uh, went to the toilet for a good 20... Well, he was away from there anyway. Who knows where he went. But he went for 20 minutes. And he missed the entire best segment <laughs> of the film. <laughs> really? I you missed know, that we, one. We were talking about like, the sort of bit where the tables are turned and they start to like, you know, do some damage. Yeah. Missed all that. Oh. And he pretty much got there, like, he got back around about the time it was getting towards, like, the sort of last, like, 20 minutes. Like, yeah. Last 10, 20 minutes of the film. Or I mean, I went to see Here for Later. That's the best part of three hours. I don't understand mm. people going to the loo and coming back, although somebody went to the yeah. loo in the last 20 minutes. I thought, oh, really? <laughs> and go, going back to the whole food thing, like, you know, oh, I think yeah. that if, you, if you're going to see a film that's under an hour and 40 minutes, or thereabouts, you know, you shouldn't really need, like, a kind of proper meal you no. know, you well, we all went get for by a, with a snack and a drink we went for a, yeah we went for a burger and a pint first before yeah. we went which is mm-hmm. like rather than I, admit, I, mean, I took some sweeties into the film but I wasn't going to be taking a, a hamper full and <laughs> as noiseless as possible you know what I mean um, bottle of water and stuff like that but no so that, that I've seen that happen a few times and it's oh, <laughs> bugs the hell out of me so this leads on to us walking out of the film yeah Jamie getting um, accosted by a swear cop yeah, because he was he was using it in colourful language, probably to let the people who'd been making all the fuss hear. He was actually that's what he was he was talking about that. He was talking about the fact that you know it was ridiculous, like the amount of food they were going through. Aye, and and that was what prompted the attention of this guy. Yeah, so the guy who checked our tickets on the way in and said, "Do you mind keeping your language?" and we just walked out of an eighteen certificate film and like, oh. and there was hardly anyone. around. There was nobody about. Yeah, and everyone who was around was adults as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly, because we we're all walking out of it. They all were adults, yeah, and you um, feel like... And Jamie was just basically sort of sounding off at the guys who'd been disturbing our view and pleasure. Which he should have probably kept in check, really. Yeah, exactly. As we were walking away, we were almost to the escalator and we were a good, like, eight or nine feet away. Yeah. Then he shouted after him again because he swore and said, we're almost out of your hair now, It's like we're out of the shop. We're pretty much out of your area of of policing. Oh, man. (laughs) But I mean, well, well, I went to see... um, Bone Tomahawk, uh, packed screening at the local art house cinema this time. A guy sitting next to me, uh, probably in his fifties, twice his phone went off, oh, and I'm like, that. "Oh come on!" I um, it's, I, I mean, I know that there's even a thing at the start of the film. I forget, and somebody comes on telling you, to, yeah, to, I think it was some late Nathan jokes, like sort of thing to tell, turn your phone off. There was, yeah. Um, no, it's just, nah. Going on about that subject for just a second. Uh-huh. Did you hear 
recently and there's been a lot of stuff on the internet about how certain um, cinema chains were considering giving you a time during the movie, like an intermission, so you can use your phone. To me, that is absolutely diabolical. It's It's just pandering to people who can't sit for 90-odd minutes and watch a film. Yeah, without updating your Facebook the same. (laughs) Exactly. I'm watching such and such. It's all right so far. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you? Exactly. It's just you know what? Live life. Don't I mean, say on your fucking phone twenty four seven. Yeah. Or if you want to do that, and do it at home. You know, there's so much, so many things that just panda. They're like idiots these days. It's so frustrating. It's like we shouldn't be rewarding this kind of behaviour. You know. But yeah, I mean, I hope Co- that... cope with not having your phone for hundred minutes. I presume so. that's on the other side of the Atlantic, and I hope that never comes out over here. Yeah, it's bad enough do. anyway. I mean, I think it's only a like certain chain or something, but it's been met with a lot of. Like uh, hatred, rightly so, over there as well. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, me and Claire went to see Macbeth last year, mm-hmm. Michael Fassbender one. Yeah. And uh, I think, unfortunately, some girl had been dragged along with um, her parents and she kept pulling the phone up next to Claire. I think Claire just, when she'd done it a second or third time, she just turned around and she said, Really? And then that was the end of that. <laughs> but it, uh, you know, it's, Excuse me. Pe- people don't realise how much of a glow. Phones give off. Yeah, especially when you're in, you know, yeah, in a dark, darkened, yeah. darkened room like uh-huh. that, uh, um, where the whole, you know, it's all geared towards sort of lighting being uh, perfect I mean, for it. Most phones have a torch application on them these days. You don't need that. You just need to just turn the phone around and use it as a yeah, torch exactly. so that bright. So when you're in a darkened room, um, nah. it tends to be pretty damn distracting. It does. So <laughs> we'll have to see what happens when we go to see the next film. Uh, hopefully we'll do another review yeah mm-hmm. Jamie wanted to participate in this one but like I say we just couldn't yeah. get the time skills to wear uh, to gel to gel never and mind we're a bit we'll, delayed we in doing do. this anyway but next time we it's been a crazy few weeks um, but yeah it's uh, it's it was an entertaining film I couldn't say like it's like a sort of future like classic but no but definitely worth seeing, I would say. Well, it's it's worth a watch but like I say I mean I'm not going to go on my way to buy it um, if you didn't see it at the cinema It'll be on Film 4 in a few years, I reckon. I'm sure. Yeah. It is It is one of those Film 4 candidate type movies, oh, isn't it? Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm on... Honest... That is to our UK listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry in the US, I don't know if you get that station. No, probably <laughs> not. Um, but yeah. So that's it for this video drone green room cinema viewing special. I'm Fraser. <laughs> and I'm Craig. We'll catch you later.